Hello everybody and welcome along to the Gunas of Malaysia podcast episode number 11. On this episode, I will be previewing Arsenal's game against Chelsea at home at the Emirates Stadium, a brief recap of our transfers this summer so far, and to round off the episode, I will do a quick-fire transfer rumour session. With that being said, sit back, relax, get your tetare, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Alright, so for our first game at home this season, we have a very tough test of Chelsea at home, who are the current European champions, who and have also strengthened their attack with none other than Lukaku. So, expecting a really tough game, but... Chelsea's record at the Emirates Stadium in recent years has not been great. Uh, We did do the double over them last season, so perhaps an Arteta masterclass is on the cards in a couple hours' time. But we'll wait and see. So, let's go over some team news for this game. Uh, From the previous game, Lacazette and Aubameyang were the big names left out from the squad. Uh, They were ruled out due to illness. Now, it has been confirmed that they actually did suffer COVID, along with Willian and Renison. So, so I think that puts an end to all the conspiracy theories about maybe a little bit of unrest that I spread in the previous podcast. But, but I hope the four players will make a speedy recovery from COVID because it's not nice to have. And it'll be much better to see them on the pitch. Now, for the game against Chelsea, Lacazette and Renison are still ruled out. In terms of Aubameyang, I think he will be able to feature in the game, but I'm not too sure if he'll be able to do the 90 minutes because, well, we saw him back in training a couple days ago, so I think that bodes well for us. We should have a couple more options in attack now, hopefully. Willian, according to the Arsenal website, is 50-50, and I think purely based on that, we should leave him out. In other news, Gabriel... He's still out with a knee injury and I don't think we should expect to see him back for the next two weeks, I think, maybe one and a half weeks. And and Ketia is also ruled out with his ankle injury, which should take him out until the just before the end of the transfer window, which will be next week. So we we have a pretty functional team, all things considered. And for my predicted lineup. I think this game against Chelsea, we might see Arteta revert to a back three for this game. However, but who knows, he might go back to a back four or stick to the back four and surprise everybody. But this would be my predicted lineup for the match itself. So I'd have Leno in goal. I'd go with a back three of holding Ben White in the middle and Kieran Tierney. Um, You know, Ben White didn't have the best of games. Uh, on his debut against Brentford but he did come from a defense that was predominantly a back three so maybe this could this could play into um, his strengths and we shall see Kieran Tierney at, at the left side of the defense I think is pretty good he's a solid defender down there and with my options at wing backs I think we shall still I think we can still see a very attacking Kieran Tierney in this formation so in terms of wingbacks, I'm going with Bellerin on the right-hand side, even though I don't think he's really in favor right now. But if we're going with this uh, back three lineup or five at the back, I think Bellerin's the best option there. Um, 
Well, I think Bellerin's the best option there, unless Ainsley Maitland-Niles will make his return to the starting lineup. So I think it's going to be a toss-up between the two of them. But it also depends on what the club's plans are for Maitland-Niles. You know, if, if he's planning on a transfer out of Arsenal, then, well, I don't think we should see him feature in the game at all. Uh, but assuming that he is, since he was on a bench against Brentford, I think he has a good shot at right wing back. On the left hand side, I would put Bukayo Saka at left wing back because we did see it at the end of last season. Him at left back, it turned out pretty well. And so Saka and Tierney on the left wing, I think that's pretty dangerous. And it should cause Chelsea some problems. In midfield, I don't think this is going to shock anyone, but it's going to be Lakonga and Shaka. They did all right against Brentford, I'd say. Shaka was Shaka. Lakonga showed some promise, but we don't really have many other options in this team or choices. So I'd stick with them for this game as well. Smith Rowe would be playing as the 10 or the floater in midfield. I think that's just natural. And then up front, I would have a two-striker system, so similar to when Mesut Ozil and uh, Alexis Sanchez were doing this when Arsene Wenger played a back three. I'd put Pepe and Aubameyang, if he's fit, I'd start him in this match. But if not, I think Martinelli would do a good enough job up front. Uh, having said that, Bellegin on the bench to come on. So yeah, that, that would be my starting lineup for this match. I think it's a pretty solid lineup and it should be able to contain Chelsea's attacking force. I mean, we saw it in preseason. They was it was too easy for the Chelsea players to run straight through our midfield and straight past our defense in preseason. So hopefully, with this lineup, um, if Arteta goes with it, we should be seeing a more solid defensive performance. Yeah. Now, for this game. I was actually tempted to go with an Arsenal victory, but considering... I mean, if you take this game in isolation, I would lean quite heavily to an Arsenal victory because of Chelsea's previous performances at the Emirates. But, you know, it's going to be quite hard for me to predict that considering the way that we play right now. So I think I'll go with a conservative 2-2 draw in this game. I do expect goals. I don't think either... I don't think either team either team would focus on defense that well. Arsenal are quite leaky at the back and Chelsea I think there are areas to exploit. So I think I think 2-2 would be a, a fair result and that would also mean we do not end and that would also mean we do not end August with zero points, which is actually really likely if this game does not go according to plan. So, fingers crossed, I'm hoping for a 2-2 draw. Of course, we'll take the W and do the double again. <laughs> right, so... Right, so that's my prediction for the game, the predicted lineup. And I think the thing that we do need to talk about with the team is going to be our latest two new signings. Well, one of them we've seen them last year, or seen him last year. Another one is a brand new goalkeeper that we've brought in from Sheffield United. So, introducing our latest two signings to the Arsenal club 
is going to be Martin Odegaard and Aaron Ramsdale. Now speaking on these two players, Odegaard I think we know his quality, he's pretty good. I think he's pretty good, he's pretty young still, 22 I believe. But he's, you know, you can see he's talented. A lot of people would argue that yes, he did come into the team last season and he didn't really change much with the way we played. But I think we need more players on that side of the pitch that is, well, a bit more comfortable with the ball and more attacking minded. I think that's the key because Emil Smith-Rowe can't be doing all the creating, all the link-up play by himself. And I believe those two players will be able to play together in a 4-2-3-1 formation, for example. So, all in all, good signing for about £30 million. Uh, that's what's been reported. And I think that's a pretty good price. I mean, start of the summer, everyone was saying £50 million for I mean, Madrid was saying £50 million. £30 million for Odegaard in his like, early 20s? Let's say Madrid come out of their financial struggle and Odegaard starts performing. I think the transfer back to Madrid might happen and it's definitely going to cost them more than £30 million to bring him back to Madrid. So I think it's good. I think it's a good price. So good job on it, on, on the transfer. Some people might come out and say, oh, it's, it's such an easy signing to do. He's been with us before. Why couldn't we have done it earlier? Well, I don't think, I don't think it was possible to do it earlier. You know, a couple podcasts ago, I thought it was impossible because Madrid basically came out and said, yeah, he's part of our first team plans. So, so I guess sometimes waiting in a transfer window can present new opportunities and reduce the price of players. But... If you're relying on that as your transfer strategy, I think that's a little bit concerning because we definitely would have liked to have Odegaard in for Brentford, for example. And mind you, I believe he won't be able to play the game against Chelsea because he can't get his visa in time because of Brexit. So disappointing there, but I think on the bright side, it's good that he's back at the club and he can make an impact. Now on our fifth transfer signing of this summer, it's Aaron Ramsdale. His transfer from Sheffield United has finally been completed. Apparently it's about £24 million initial fee and about £6 million with add-ons. All in all, I think this transfer is pretty expensive for a goalkeeper. But then again, he is English and he's pretty young, so it goes back to the direction of our transfers right now. That there's a clear age profile that we're targeting. And at least we have a direction. As long as this is kept and maintained throughout the next or upcoming transfer windows, I'll be okay with that. But if, let's say, come January, I don't think we'll be making any signings in January considering the outlays that we've done so far. But let's say we did. If we go back to 30-plus years old signings, then I, have, I really have to question the recruitment at Arsenal. But so far... It's only one data entry of this transfer window. I think, all right, there's somewhat a direction. But coming back to Aaron Ramsdale, I think he's a, I think he's a decent goalkeeper. Don't get me wrong. You know, he did get relegated by Bournemouth. And he did get relegated at Bournemouth and Sheffield United last season. So it's two consecutive seasons that he's been relegated. But 
But I think there is a player with Aaron Ramsdale. And at this moment in time, I think he could walk into the first team because of Leno's form. Now this this price tag of potentially thirty million pounds, I think suggests to me that Arteta sees him as the first team goalkeeper rather than a backup to Bern Leno. Having said that, I still think Leno's gonna start in this match, but if he gets well if he concedes a howler again or doesn't perform well, I think that's gonna be it. And we might have a number one goalkeeper between the sticks for the rest of the Premier League campaign and Leno might be relegated to the cup matches which we don't have that many this coming season. So it's a good signing, we should see a better Leno or an improved Leno and Ramsdale, well, the sky's the limit right? We haven't really, well we haven't seen him play for Arsenal just yet and we gotta back our players, you know. The abuse that he's gotten on social media before he joined I thought was pretty disgusting as so-called fans I don't think we should be doing something like that we might not be happy with the signings but once a signings made and he's an Arsenal player he puts on the jersey I think as supporters we got to get behind the player you know and he hasn't even kicked the ball for us yet so let's reserve some judgment on on him but to but to our new two signings for the summer all the best for this season and let's hope you make a difference all right so on to the next segment of the podcast we briefly alluded to it before with our latest two new signings but i thought it would be appropriate to give a rundown of our our transfer dealings this summer so We've made a total of five signings for the first team. So Ben White, he came in for 50 million. Odegaard, as mentioned before, he came in for 30 million. Ramsdale, initial fee 24, but it could be up to 30. But we'll say 24 for now. Lakonga arrived at about 15 million pounds. And Tavares at 7 million pounds. So that brings our transfer spend so far the window hasn't closed yet to 126 well we'll call it 130 pounds that's a lot of money that i did not think arsenal had at the start of this window i mean assuming well not assuming we didn't have fans in the stadium and our main source of revenue just was not there last season and parts of the season before so i think i think for arsenal to be able to spend about 130 million pounds in this transfer window i think that's a pretty big investment and right now i think we have spent the most in the premier league which is well extraordinary overall i think our signings have been well i do have a slight problem with our signings i i believe they will be pretty good players you know odegaard he has a pretty high ceiling ramsdale as well lakonga looks like a decent player tavares well we haven't seen much of him but the times that we have seen him well he he has heart you know he has desire and that's that's a good start and of course ben white didn't have a best debut game but as an english defender he's pretty young still he could be all right price tag's a bit bit high now my problem with the signings is that these signings are very much arteta signings and not arsenal signings which I think this leads 
to a different conversation rather than uh, a roundup of the transfers, but let's explore this tangent for a bit. Arteta doesn't have very long left on his contract, and I think that's a problem. Because if he does not perform this season, let's say he finishes uh, in 8th place or even below and we're out of Europe again, well, I think he's going to be out of a job. I don't think he's going to be at Arsenal anymore. So, and that's a little bit concerning if we are signing Arteta signings and not signings for Arsenal. You know, we... The rumours coming out is that Ramsdale was handpicked by Arteta because he plays the similar style that he wants to play. Odegaard, another signing that, well, arguably it's an Arteta signing, but I think he can fit into pretty much any Arsenal team. But someone like Ben White, he's definitely an Arteta signing because if you look at the Brighton team, Ben White wasn't the first player that we should have taken from Brighton. You know, it should have been Basuma in midfield arguably because we need to strengthen our midfield ben white definitely arteta signing wants to play in the same way and apparently he's well you know ben white plays the arteta way apparently now th this is where i have i i struggle with the arsenal signings ben white i think he's going to be a good player but he's definitely an arteta signing but it wasn't a signing that we really needed at this time or in this transfer window because we had William Saliba about the same type of player as Ben White maybe his quality on the ball isn't as good but he's still a quality defender and we just haven't seen him in, a, in an Arsenal shirt just yet so Arteta is really gonna live or die by his signings and we hope it's live because if he doesn't work out and these signings don't work out then you know it's an endless cycle with our recruitment you know, if Ben White doesn't work out for 50 million, even if we keep him for like five years, we can't make that money back on him. You know, which club is going to turn around and say, oh, we'll give you 60 million for Ben White? Nobody. He'll probably leave for like 15 to, an, to a, a club that just got promoted from the championship or something. So these are really risky signings and nobody can argue that Arteta has not been backed in this transfer window because he's got his main signings so yeah now going so coming back to the transfer re, uh, roundup recap we've let two players depart from the club for a transfer fee and that's going to be Joe Willock to Newcastle for an about 25 million pounds and Matteo Genduzzi to Marseille for about 10 million pounds uh, obviously it's a loan with an option uh, well obligation to buy at the end of it next season so that's 35 an estimated 35 million pounds that we've brought in we need to sell i think i, I either we need to well i think we we re we really need to see more sales or more departures from this team because we, we have a pretty big squad and I think it needs to be reduced in some capacities and potentially if let's say Stan Kroenke hasn't actually dipped into his pocket to support this 100 plus million war chest then we need to balance the books right players like Kalasanak well either we pay him off now or well, I don't think we have an option. I think we should pay him off. I, he's clearly not in the plans. And yeah, we should get him moved on. So within the next coming days, 
I definitely want to see more outgoings from Arsenal. But I do understand that once it comes to a time that fans start saying, okay, this player needs to move on, I think that's the wrong time to sell the player because that will be when his stock is at the absolute lowest. And if the fans realize that, then, well, the buying clubs will understand that as well. And they will probably know this six months before us when we come to that consensus. So it's going to be a challenge, but I hope more players will be able to leave and we get a more streamlined squad. Now, talking about the transfer window and how things usually heat up towards the end of the window, we have arguably seen that recently. I don't understand why the transfer window is so long. If transfers only happen or most of the transfers start happening towards the end of the window. I mean, if that really is the case, then why? I think we should have the transfer window across Europe end before the season starts so that so that everyone can get their transfer business sorted before the season either that or perhaps a suggestion could be the transfer window is only open for a week and yeah get your business sorted in that one week yeah as simple as that i mean what i don't see the benefits of waiting for like you know the, the window's been open for what, two months or something and most of the transfers only happen in the last week in the last seven days of two months it does not seem practical but at the same time i do realize that it's more of a domino effect it takes one club to spend a huge sum of money on one player for example chelsea spending on lukaku almost a million a hundred million pounds on lukaku that would that would open up the spending for inter milan to raid another club and then another club will have to replace their striker and well the list goes on and that's how the merry-go-round goes so just a suggestion maybe we can keep the transfer window to a week two weeks at most and you know i liked it last season the window closed before the season started and we don't have to be dealing with all this nonsense right now and yeah so those were my thoughts on uh, the transfer spendings uh, for arsenal so far in this transfer window we still have about a week to go rumors out there is that arsenal are still not done spending but any future incomings are definitely determined by the, the outgoings right now to balance the numbers in the squad. So until that happens, we shall let's um, hope for the best. All right. So just to wrap up this podcast, we have quickfire transfer rumors. If I'm being honest, there haven't been many transfer rumors since the last podcast that were, well, credible. I think let's start off with Lacazette and Aubameyang the rumors were this past week Barcelona were interested in a swap deal with Philippe Coutinho definitely not happening I don't see it happening and I think someone has actually come out and said well some sources come out and said it's not happening as well one Barcelona should not have the wage capacity to bring either of those players on board but I do believe they're trying to move Coutinho on Coutinho's I think 29 at this point and I think he's a quality player, but he just gets injured too much, so no thanks. The second thing was Granite Shaka apparently has extended his contract for a year with on top of his current deal with an option for a second year. Now th- this is I say a rumor because 
it has not been announced by the club yet, which is kind of strange. Um, following his, well, pursuit of Roma this summer as well, I think is um, a bit weird. But hey, that's that. I think it will be announced after the window ends, but rumor is he's already signed the contract. So we shall see. Wait on news on that. And the last transfer rumor that I'm going to bring to you today is Lucas Torreira to Roma, who is now back in London. I think, personally, I don't see this happening, even though I think Torreira will be moved on this summer. I don't think he'll be to Roma, because Roma spent a lot of money. So if he does go, I think it'll be a loan move. But even then, does that really suit anybody? And honestly, at this point, I know I had the rant about Torreira last podcast about him not being in the same country at least or not supporting the team, etc, etc. I think my I think my mood on Torreira has changed slightly. If he's willing, I think we should bring him back into the team and see what he can do with, you know, the components that we have because it's a dramatically different team that we have right now as compared to the team that he first played in. So perhaps he could make a difference. Um, well, time will tell. We have a big squad. Perhaps he would be one to move on. I believe we bought him for about twenty-five million pounds. So at this point, I think it would be highly unlikely that we would get that money back. But if we need to move people on and bring some money in, he would be an ideal candidate. All right. So that's gonna wrap it up for this podcast. It's a real quick one. Preview for the Chelsea game. So for everyone in Malaysia, the game's going to be starting at 11.30pm tonight or on Sunday night. Hope for the best. I guess we have to keep fingers crossed for the game. Hope Arsenal can pull an upset victory against Chelsea. But a prediction still stands. I hope it's going to be 2-2 at the very least. So until next week when we do, well, we recap the Arsenal game against Chelsea. Of course, don't forget to share this podcast with your fellow Gooners. You can find this podcast on the Spotify app, the Google Play Store, the Apple Podcasting app, wherever you get your podcast, this podcast should be there. And yeah, so until next week, when we go over the game against Chelsea, hopefully it's a victory. Take care, stay safe, and I shall catch you soon. Bye.